Did you know? School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports. At 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognised more than 1,500 students, teachers and volunteers for excellence and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 11. We've got the very lovely and impressionable Cole Pierce. Cole, thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. No worries. Have you done many of these interviews before, just out of curiosity? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> well, you seem to uh, make it in many newspapers, that's for sure. You're uh, an impressionable young man. You're, you're only 17 years old, is that right? Uh, 16, but I turned 17 in exactly a week's time. Oh, sorry, you're right. Sorry, I knew that. That July, July, um, you turned 17. For 16 years old, you have achieved so much. Let's just go through some of those things. You made the Team Vic, you were selected in the Team Vic swimming team in 2013, 14, 15, 16 and 17. That's a very expensive run for your parents. Your greatest career achievement so far is the 2019 World Para Swimming Championships in London, where you won bronze in the men's 100 metre butterfly. Pretty impressive stuff, mate, to already have international status up there. Tell us, what was it like being there and racing with people that I would imagine would have been older than you, is that right? Uh, yeah, um, so it was in London, so it was the same pool where they held the 2012 Olympics and Paralympics. Um, and I guess for me, it was my first ever overseas um, traveling before, like the first time I've ever traveled overseas. Um, so, I mean, when I was in marshalling and stuff, and you see all those big guys like mid-20s have already been to three, four Paralympics, uh, I guess it gives you a bit of an idea of what it, what it takes to be at that sort of level. Um, and see what they do and how they um, sort of cope with the stress or nerves when sitting in marching because I know, or I think everyone knows that sitting in marching would have to be one of the worst things right before a race. Um, I guess for me, it just gives me that experience to compete against the best in the world and uh, just have an idea of, you know, recovery and what you need to do to prepare for a final um, and all that. So. Very good, mate. Now, we've got some vision here of that race itself. We're going to show that. We're going to keep you in the top left-hand corner. So we want to see your reaction as you watch this race again. So this will give people a perspective, at least, as to what goes through your mind, but more importantly, what kind of competition that you're involved in. So just watch this here. It only goes for two minutes. Quickest through this morning in front of Maxim Krypak of Ukraine. So here's the start list for you. Marai, Menchotti, Grigoriev, Raimondi, Tripak, Pierce, Levesque and Martin. A brilliant competition so far from all of Italy, but in particular Stefano Raimondi up against the silver medalist from the Rio Paralympics, Maxim Krypak. 
a silver medalist in the London 2012 Paralympics, Dmitry Grigoriev. It's all set for a humdinger. Well, the blue cap of Italy, Stefano Raimondo, he is the man in form in this S10 classification group this week. That's not to take anything away from Maxim Korypak, who has a number of gold medals, but he would have expected that. Raimondi has really stepped up from his European Championship medal-winning performances to dominate some of these races. And Stefano Raimondi, he is the fastest in the world this year, and he lived up to that tag this morning. But here comes Maxim Korypak, the two athletes breathing away from each other so they can't see each other but they will sense each other and here comes Kripak Paralympic silver medalist looking to overhaul Stefano Romani and there we see as we come into the final wall it is Maxim Kripak that gets the victory 54.83 so close to the world record 12 100s off he's pleasantly surprised with that new championship record i was gonna say you saw it in his eyes i don't think he can quite believe how quick that was maxim krypak absolutely flew down that final 25 meters it pretty impressive stuff there what goes through your mind as you see that race again i mean you must have watched it a number of times yeah um i guess i i watch it a lot of the time with my coach to go through the little things or the little mistakes i made um, but you can see in that race how much, uh, how much, how big of a gap there was between first, second, and third. So uh, I guess that sort of motivates me in a way to, I guess, train harder and just be a better person, so I can sort of compete with those guys who came first and second. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, every time I watch it, I still get get that little bit of butterflies in my stomach. I get a little bit nervous, uh, just because obviously it's that was probably my best race I've ever done. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's a good way to reflect on how you perform in a race, and especially 100 Fly being my main event. It's good to um, have a replay of that race. Fantastic. Now, before we get into we've got some questions rolling in already, and we've got some very keen uh, supporters of yours and fans of yours they are going to join us on the show and ask you some questions. Let's just talk a little bit about the S10 classification. For those who don't know, what is an S10 classification? Uh, so S10 is a physical disability. So it could be anywhere from missing a foot, uh, your right hand, or very mild cerebral palsy. Um, generally all within the same sort of category. So me missing my right foot. Um, so I guess that's pretty much it. S10 is quite a it, it, it's a boring classification, really. There's not, um, uh, like, a severe disability with them. Um, and so, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a boring classification. I think you're <laughs> quite a masterful young man. But that, that injury was sustained when you were two years old. Is that correct? In, in a collision with a lawnmower? Yeah, yeah, you're correct. I was, yeah, two years old back on the farm. Um, and I had a collision with a lawnmower, which chopped off my toes. Um, I then had surgery on my on my right le- uh, foot, um, and they decided to amputate the rest of my foot off to my heel bone. Um, so I still have my heel bone, um, and I'm able to walk on, say, pool deck without my prosthetic leg. I can go bare feet. Um, I can still dive off of blocks. It's just probably not as powerful as I want. And same with the turns, not as powerful, but um, I can still still get it done. Very good. Now we've got some, like we said, we've got some people coming on board. We've got a question here from George on YouTube. He's asked, what's your favourite pre-race artist song? Do you listen to Ooh. music on the way? Like, do you, do you get yourself G'd up with some music? 
Yeah, definitely. So I have an artist called Drake. Um, I'm sure he's quite well known. Um, in his new album, um, what's the song called? It's I think it's Demons. Uh, that sort of gets me in that, um, uh, I wouldn't say workout, but sort of pumped up in the marshalling um, at Worlds in that, um, in that race where I did the 100 fly. I listened to Meek Mill, uh, Going Bad, um, and obviously Eminem. Like, you can't go wrong with Eminem. <laughs> you love Eminem. Very good. Now, tell us, um, just going back, what, if you were to, you know, try and articulate what is one or two highlights from being picked in so many Team Vic teams, what would a highlight be for you? Um, I guess it's being surrounded by other para-athletes in Victoria or other swimmers with multi-class disabilities. Um, just because from where I grew up in a small town in Chuka, there was never anyone with um, any disabilities that swum. Um, and I guess, and competing against uh, guys from all around Australia with the similar disabilities, I guess that sort of just made me feel more comfortable in my skin when competing at like national levels. Um, and yeah, I think given the, being given the opportunity to race at like the Adelaide Pool, MSAC, Darwin, all them really big, um, and especially in front of a big crowd as well. Um, I think that's helped me sort of ease my nerves down as the years goes on with all those spectators and support. I guess the more international or national experience you get, the more used you get, the more used you get to being under that pressure and wearing the green and gold and, and having those expectations placed on yourself. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I think from a young age, um, competing from, like you said, I think it was 13 was my first um, school sports nationals. Um, and I remember I was nervous the entire week. Um, <laughs> and I think gradually as you become a better athlete and a better person, um, it's sort of the nerves ease off, but you also still, you aren't too relaxed, so you're still quite focused on your race. And like I said, at Worlds, it's all about experience and just gaining what you get from um, the other guys on the team, like Ali Cole and Brendan Hall, all those really um, top athletes and see how they do it. Well, interesting, 2013, you would have been 10 years old. So at 10 years old, when you think about it, a national event, that's like your Olympics. That's as big as it's going to get for a 10 or 11-year-old. So the pressure does mount. Yeah, like I said, the first um, nationals I ever went to, I was nervous the whole week. Half the time I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom so much before my race. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah, at the age of 10, it's pretty... Um, Pretty nerve-wracking. Very good, very good. You're, you're an impressionable young man just the way you speak. We've got Amelia. Amelia is from Bentley West Primary School. She's joined us and she's going to ask a question and look at that hoodie. She's sporting the Region SSV Championship hoodie. Very good, Amelia. Amelia, you obviously like swimming? Yeah. yeah. What sports do you play? I do soccer and swimming. Soccer and swimming, not at the same time, obviously, because that would be really difficult to, you know, with a wet ball and all that. What's your question for this young man? What is one piece of, advi one piece of advice you wish you were given when you started swimming? Um, I guess it would um, uh, uh, sort of soak up every, every race you go into. I think when you don't win a race, you sort of learn for your, from your mistakes. Um, and take on challenges, especially in uh, swimming, because that can quite that can be quite a um, tough sport, especially in the main set with your coach yelling uh, yelling at you. 
Uh, really just take on a challenge and soak it up. Great question, Amelia. Hey, did you see Steph Catley got signed with um, Arsenal women's team this morning? Did you see that news article? Well, I don't really go for um, Melbourne City because I am from Perth, so I go for Perth Glory. Perth Glory? Oh, you see, are you originally from Perth, are you? Yeah, but we moved to Vietnam and Sydney. Wow, what a story. Where I too am from Perth originally, but we moved over here about 15 years, 20 years ago. So, hey, thanks for joining us on the show. Next week we've got Melina Ayres, so you might want to be, in, you might want to tune in for that as well. But thanks heaps for joining us, Amelia. Thank you. Look, some good questions coming in too. We've got another special guest that's going to be, a invited guest that's going to be joining us as well. So we talked a little bit about pressure. How do you cope with the pressure? Because let's, let's face facts, you're 16 years old, you haven't lived that long. How do you cope with the pressure? Uh, I guess uh, when I was at Worlds, I'll use this example, at Worlds in Marshall, I constantly kept reminding myself that I didn't, all those early mornings and late nights, um, staring up and down at that black line, flogging myself. I was like, I'm not doing it um, because I want to. I'm doing it for a reason. Um, and I guess you just think about all the hard work you've put in and all the hard work everyone else has put in, like your parents, um, School Sports Victoria, all them guys. So you not only do it for yourself, but do it for your people who admire you. I guess, you know, you, you've mentioned there your parents, the coaches, yeah, School Sport Victoria, the officials, all of that. I mean, your parents in particular, they would have had to drive quite a considerable amount of distance just to get you to training. Would that be correct? Yeah. So back when I was on the farm, uh, we were about 20, 25 minutes out of town. So to drive wow. to and from, um, and because we're my parents are dairy farmers or our family's dairy farmers. Um, so mum would have to leave halfway through milking and my brother would then have to take over and mum drive me into town, which would be, um, I guess, hard on not only just mum, but my brother and the rest of my family. And I think, yeah, that's why when, once again, when you think about your racing, don't just do it for yourself, do it for the people who have helped you achieve your goals. And we'll talk a little bit about your training routine later, but, you know, 25 minutes out of town and... Any, anyone who knows swimming, they start mega early in the morning, like 4.30, 5 o'clock, just to yeah. get it all done before school. And, and you're doing that, um, like I said, we'll talk about your training later on, but you would have been doing that at least five times a week. Would that be right? Yeah, so what I'm training, or well, before COVID obviously struck all of us, I was doing eight swims and three gym. Wow. Um, and so every morning's a 5 a.m. wake up. Um, wow. Even even Saturday, so Sunday's the only day for a sleep in. So, uh, yeah, and at school at full time as well. So I'm still in year eleven. So, very good. Now we got Addison Knight. Addison Knight's from Ashley Park. She's going to join us right now. Addison, you love swimming, do you? Yeah. That's good. What's your favourite stroke? Mm, probably backstroke. Backstroke. Very good. You like uh, freestyle and butterfly and all that as well. Yeah. Now, how long have you been swimming for? Um, around three years. That's good. What do you enjoy about swimming the most? Um, I think just like being in the water and just like being able to, I don't know, like, just like, I don't know, like swimming around, it's just fun. The freedom. Yeah. And do you have to get up early as well? Are you an early, like, do you have to get up an early, like, are you an early starter? Sometimes. It really depends. Very good. Now, what's your question? 
Uh, my question is, what has been your biggest challenge getting to where you are today and like, how have you dealt with it? Great question. Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I think it's when I was living at home with my family. At the age of 14, I was given the opportunity to move to Melbourne and train up in Melbourne. Um, and me being from a country town, uh, moving to Melbourne, I knew absolutely nobody. Um, and for the first couple of months, it was quite tough because when you move to a new club, a new school, a new environment, like being surrounded by buildings, unlike when you're back home on a farm, uh, I think that was probably the toughest uh, sort of thing I've been through so far is making new friends, making new swim partners. And I think that's another thing about swimming is it's easy to make friends during training and stuff. Um, and it also sort of improves your social skills. Um, and for me, for having a disability, some people look at you a bit differently. Um, a lot of people look at you in a, in a bad way saying, oh, he has a disability, he must be weird. Um, and I guess that's quite tough on some people. But I guess when meeting new people sort of helps you grow into your own skin a bit better. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's it. It was moving from obviously the country to Melbourne at the age of 14. Very good. Now, Addison, you've got a brother, haven't you? Callum, is that right? No. Oh, sorry, I thought you did. So tell me, what's your ambition? Where do you want to take your swimming one day? Um, like probably to the Olympics to make pretty fall and to Very represent good. Australia. Very good. Well, you keep at it. You keep grinding away and keep watching Cole Pearce. He's got some pretty big tips here. Thanks, Heath, for joining us. Thank we'll you. we'll catch you maybe on another show. Just feel free yes. to click that link and add in any more questions and we'll have you back. Thank you. No worries. See ya. Bye. There's some good questions coming in. I've got another question that's come in from Alexander on Facebook. What's your overall goal as a Paralympic swimmer? Um, this is actually quite a good one. Um, so I remember back in grade three, we did this little goal setting uh, at the oh. start of the year. And so we had to put our feet on a piece of paper and trace around it and you'd write your goals in it. Um, and I remember, yeah, in grade three, I wrote 10 Paralympic gold medals. Um, <laughs> and that was right after the 2012 Paralympics. Um, I was like, really like, I want to be a Paralympian. That's all I want to be. So it was quite a big thing for me in grade three. And I think ever, ever since to this day, I've been like 10 Paralympic gold medals because I mean, why not dream big is what I always tell myself. It's a big goal, but I guess just work hard and achieve it. That's pretty special, mate. And, and, and I'm sure you are so driven, you're going to get there and you're probably going to exceed 10 Paralympic medals. That's what our hope is for you. What are your thoughts on the Tokyo Paralympics being postponed? What, what went through your mind when you heard that announcement? Uh, I guess I sort of prepared myself for the news because obviously sports all around Australia and the world were cancelled, like the AFL, the NBA, uh, all those sports were cancelled. So I... I sort of sat down, my coach was like, well, look, reality is it's probably going to be either cancelled or postponed. Um, and I guess it being, it, it being postponed is a, is a good thing because the health and safety of everyone has to come first, um, realistically. And it's only been postponed for another year, so it's not like it's been cancelled or anything. So um, if anything, it gives us younger swimmers a chance to make the Paralympics or Olympics. Very true, very true. I mean, for, for what, realistically, what would be your first Paralympics to attend? Um, well, I think because it's at Tokyo next year, um, and I haven't really, 
look, I, I guess it, it all comes down to how you compete at trials to make the team. That's all it comes well, down to. Let me rephrase the question because I, I don't want to put pressure on you, of course, and I don't want you to put pressure <laughs> on yourself. But, but in all, um, you know, outside of being injured and, you know, doing if you did everything right, what would be, would it be, would it be next year or would it be Paris, possibly um, 2024? The goal is Tokyo. Um, right. I guess from every Paralympics tool, the day I hang the goggles up, but at 16, I probably shouldn't really be saying hanging the goggles up. Um, but the goal, the goal is um, Tokyo for sure next year, and I'm hoping to make the team and do well. So good, mate. So good. We're so excited for you. We've got another keen bean, Catherine. She's been on the show a few times, but she's got some pretty big questions for you, some curly ones for you, mate. Catherine, you're from Middle Park Primary School. How are you, Catherine? Yeah, good. That's good. Now, you've got lots of questions here, some good questions. Why don't you start asking your questions right now? Okay. What food do you eat before you train and compete? Oh, before I compete, um, it would definitely be some pasta, like a carb diet. Um, something like spaghetti bolognese or some carbonara ravioli. I really love carbonara. Um, <laughs> sort, of, sort of pasta and bread diets right before racing or maybe the night before. Um, and then a couple hours before the actual event, I'll have two to three bananas um, and nothing else. I, I like to race on an empty stomach. Catherine's eyes are lighting up because she can't believe how much you eat before you train. Is that right, Catherine? And you like pasta as well, right? Yeah. All right, keep going with... gives me a banana make sure I eat all of it. That's right, you said that before. Your dad gives you a banana and you've got to eat it all before you compete. All right, keep going with your questions here. They're great questions. How has COVID-19 affected your mental health, your fitness and sport? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess when it did first, obviously, hit Australia, uh, me being in Melbourne, mum just gave me a phone call and said, do you want to come back home? And then I said, yeah, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. So... I guess I went back to the farm for like three, four months and got to spend time with the family. So I think mentally, um, it actually made me better in a way because I got to see my family every day. I still had my mates to talk to online and uh, school was still online. So I still was doing something productive. Physically, I will admit I was a little bit unfit. Uh, I think that's with everyone though. Um, I was still doing gym sessions and uh, swimming. Uh, which still kept me reasonably fit, but I think, yeah, it, physically I got a bit, got a bit of a tummy over those two, three-month period. Um, and then, what is your physical and mental struggles have you fought play um, your sport? Um, I think, yeah, like I said before, when I was first moving to Melbourne, I found it hard to make friends for the first couple of months because I knew absolutely nobody um, and I've never really been put in that position before of being in a new environment where I know no one. So I think mentally that was a big challenge for me. Uh, but as time goes on, you sort of develop friends at school and outside of school and in swimming and it helps you feel um, like it, it helps you feel like a better person in a way. Um, and physically, it just has to be training, uh, flogging myself up and down that black line uh, for hours on end, for five hours a day is very physically draining. And then um, my last question is, how did you um, get into your sport and uh, like wanted 
Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, so I've sort of always swum my whole life, uh, right from the age of like zero to one, learned to swim, I think like a lot of kids. Um, but I think it was in grade three, so is ten year, when you're 10, that's grade three, is that right? Roughly. Yeah, so it was when I was 10, so obviously when I made my first school sports Victoria, um, I was obviously given the opportunity to raise it like states um, later on nationals. And I think that's really where it all started. That's where I fell in love with the sport was being given the opportunity to compete at states and nationals. And I guess it's just gone uphill from there. <laughs> Thank you. Now, much. Catherine, what sports are you involved with, Catherine? What sports do you love? Um, I love running. Um, I play a lot of basketball and um, I swim as well and gymnastics. Very good, wow, you are very busy. You must be sore most weeks. Now tell us what, um, have you made a Team Vic team or you, have you trialed out for a Team Vic team? Yeah, um, I play rep basketball um, and then I play for two other teams other than that, so three teams. Very good, very good. Will you keep up? your activity there in basketball and we love having you on the show. Don't forget, if you want to join us for any future shows, click on that link, submit your question, we'll get you back on. You're, you've always got ripper questions, Catherine. Thank you. No worries, see you. Yeah. Some great questions there as well and we, we have had some others ask on uh, socials, how did you start in swimming? But you kind of already answered that. So you've already answered too how you keep yourself occupied during this time, during during COVID and, and all of that. Um, but let's talk about a typical training week. Let's take COVID aside. This time last year, what would have, as you were preparing yourself and getting yourself ready for Tokyo, what would a typical training week look like? For yeah, okay. So obviously Monday morning would be a gym session for an hour and a half. Um, and then later that day, Monday afternoon, would be a swim training session. Um, so it's still the eight swim, three gym. And then Tuesday morning and night is another two-hour swim session. Um, and then Wednesday morning is another gym session. Wednesday afternoons, another swim session. Uh, Thursday is morning and night uh, swimming sessions. And then Friday is a gym. Friday afternoon, swim. Saturday morning, swim. And then I have the weekend to myself. <laughs> Um, all while at school as well, so. That's unbelievable. Now what, so you must be in what, year 11 or 10? Uh, year 11. Year 11, okay. So you're coming to the pointy end of your study as well. What do you, where do you hope to take your study? Um, I'm still quite in the mix of that at the moment. Um, that's another thing is I still have plenty of time to decide. Um, I would definitely like to do something like um, physiotherapy or masseuse, something along those lines, just because, I mean, who doesn't like a massage or something? So, um, and the body's pretty cool. I like to learn about the body. Um, it's not but only at the, this time. But not sorry, only the I, massage part, it's, it's also the fact that you must know your body so well, having gone to physio and probably had myotherapy and cupping and needling and everything under the sun just to keep you loose. And yeah. you would have studied how the person, you know, manipulated your body to get the best out of it. Yeah. And I guess in a way at school, you sort of learn how to treat your body before races and after like 
compression and rolling and stretching and all those simple things um, you sort of get taught. So I think that's really handy to have. Yeah, very, very good. Now, what sacrifices have you had to make in life in order to get you to where you want to be? Um, not a big fan of the word sacrifice. Uh, I like to say good choices. Um, so like me being year 11 now, it's quite an age group where you go to a lot of parties and your friends want to hang out. Um, I think it's quite tough at times to decline those offers, especially when you have training on. Um, because like it's it, it, everyone enjoys hanging out with their friends and I think um, choosing training um, resting like maybe a Friday night after training I might just rest and do homework I think that's a good choice to do um, in a way because it's I'm working towards a goal I set myself and going to such social um, social gatherings doesn't really help achieve those goals and I guess another was like I said before moving to Melbourne that was a big choice uh, moving away from all my friends, mum and dad, um, the school I've been at, um, my, my coach I had, like everything. Moving to Melbourne, that was pretty tough. But I think I learned to uh, make new friends. Uh, have a gr- I, My coach and I have a great relationship and it's, it's all going well now. Very good. Now we've got some more questions that are coming in just, just before we do. That was a very impressive answer, mate, for a 16-year-old <laughs> young man to come away from the thought of um, sacrifices to actually making a choice as well done. Tori English, what do you tell yourself before you race? Um, just, just you've done the work. Now it's time to execute what you've done, I guess. Um, you, don't, you don't flog yourself up and down the pool every day to just do it because you want to do it. You do it for a reason, for if it's goals or be a better person or anything like that so I guess yeah just think about all the hard work you've done very good Tori's one of our multi-class athletes we love all our multi-class athletes but Tori has to be I reckon one of the funniest multi-class athletes I've ever met we've got some more questions coming in too what's your biggest motivator to do well in a race and what or who do you keep in the back of your mind during competition day Oh, I definitely like to think about my family. And like I said, all the sacrifices they've done, all the money they've put into me to take me to nationals and put into racing. I think about um, how how much I got to honour their their work um, in a way because I don't I don't do it for myself. You do it for the people who acknowledge you and put in the work for you. Um, And for the back of my mind, uh, I'd say in a race, I'd like to think about the dude next to me. Um, or the person racing next to me in a way because you don't you, you it's good to race yourself but it's also good to race somebody else and sort of beat them to the wall or beat them to the finish line but I think yeah it's the person next to you now forgive my ignorance can you see the person next to you when you're racing or in, in a especially in a uh, your pet event I think is butterfly yeah yeah the hundred butterfly um no, you can't really see. Sometimes when you put the head underwater, you can tilt your head a little bit to have a cheeky look, but um, it sort of throws your whole routine off if you do. But I usually get a get a quick split-second look on the turns, but you can sort of just feel where they are as well. Um, you can sometimes see bubbles and hear them as well. Um, not, not that well, but um, you sort of just get a little bit of a glimpse. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit tough in Butterfly. Yeah, I bet. Now, when you're in London, 2019, were your parents there watching from the grandstands? 
Um, so mum was, um, but dad and the rest of the family had to look after the after of the course. cows on the farm. Yeah. So, but yeah, mum went. Would have been, spe- I mean, I'm sure your dad would have tuned in no matter what time it was to watch you, but would have been special to have your mum in the stands there too, mate. That's uh, pretty impressive. We've got another question from James Shield. James Shield's another um, multi-class athlete that we've got. What swimming club did you come from? Um, so when I was in Ichuka, it's actually quite a funny story, this one. So I was living in Ichuka, and the coach I was with, Russell Parsons, he was uh, a Geelong swim coach. So I'll try and rephrase it. So we were in Ichuka, but he was a Geelong swim coach. So when he would train me at the Ichuka swimming pool, that would put me under a Geelong swim club, if that makes sense. Um, so when I would compete ever since I was at Ichuka at, at the, on the farm, I was a Geelong swimmer, but I still wasn't living in Ichuka. Um, and then once I moved from Geelong to Melbourne, I now train with Melbourne H2O. Um, so those are the two clubs I've only ever been at. Very good, very good. We've got another question that's come in from our viewers, this one on Facebook. What's the hardest, I'll rephrase, what's the hardest, most painful event on the Paralympic schedule? Oh, so on the Paralympic schedule, it's very different because obviously with the classifications, um, some classifications can't do certain events. So I'll probably just stick with the S10, but I think this might be a bit biased, but I think either the 400 free or the 100 butterfly. Um, just because there's not many, there's no races like the 200 fly or the 1500. Um, so I think, yeah, the, I'll, I'm not really sure. It's just sort of personal preference in a way. Um, I'm sort of tied between 400 free and 100 fly because it all depends how you sort of race it again. Um, in my case, I am terrible at the 400 free. Um, so I think <laughs> it'd probably have to be 400 free in my case. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds pretty painful because, I mean, people, I guess... Well, I shouldn't say people don't understand. I, I failed to understand that a 100-metre sprint on a track is very different to a 100-metre swim. Like, you can yeah. have someone who's a 100-metre sprinter and do it with ease, not really worn out at the end of it, but they'll do a 100-metre swim and they're, they're just walking at the end of that. It's very different. Yeah, and I guess for in different races, so 100 fly, it's a very tactical race because you can't go out too hard on the first 50 because then you you'll die for the second 50. So you have to sort of take your time on the first 50 and try and bring it home, especially that last 25, 15 metres when you can't feel your arms and you sort of just have to go off what you know. Uh, That's very difficult in a way. Yeah, we're learning lots from you now, mate. We've got some more questions. Tori English, again, what thoughts go through your head when you're racing? Um, I think of all the advice my coach would give me. So all the little things. Um, so in my case, I'll, I'll do it in my case. So on the turns, I have some troubles pushing off properly or bringing my knees up, um, getting full stroke. Um, they're just the little technical things in swimming. So I constantly repeat them through my head, go through the race plan, what we discussed. Um, and yeah, just, just in general, just the technique and race plan. And that's what it's all about. You've just got to learn at a young age how to race properly. So, And I guess that if I'm wondering, that kind of creates more of a habit for you. Then the better you get at turning and bringing your knees up, the more of a habit it becomes that you don't have to remind yourself, becomes natural. Is that right? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, I guess, and that's another thing about racing is, the more you do it, the better you get at it and the better athlete you become. Very good. We've talked a lot about your training. Is there ever a day, 
Tori's asked again, but I'll, I'll ask it on her behalf. Is there ever a day that you don't want to train? All the time. Um, <laughs> swimming, swimming is a very uh, physically draining sport. It's very tiring. Um, and there is mornings when you have to wake up at five. It's five degrees outside. It can be very challenging to motivate yourself. Um, and that's why I think it's important to set big goals. Like, goals are free, so why not, why not set big ones? Um, and to achieve them, no one's ever achieved their goals by taking the easy option. There's always going to be hard roads and hard things to do and challenges. So you've sort of just got to get it, get the, go through, get through the challenges, trust the process, and it'll dreams and goals come true. Very good, mate. Now, is that why you set up a bit of a, a swimming lane in the farm dam? Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. Because. We, I think we've all been in lockdown for like three months or two it months. It feels like three years, but yeah, it's three. I think it's three or four months. Exactly, yeah. So we set up the dam for that exact reason uh, because I don't want to be sitting at school all day, like hunched over like a lot of us are on online school and getting bored. Um, and so because the Tokyo Paralympics have been postponed to another year, it's, and it's an opportunity that when no one's training, why not get in and train? Um, just get that two, three months upper hand on everyone else um, in a way and just keep the body um, used to what it's doing. So from going eight swims a week to zero is just going to be very tough on your body. So I think I was still doing six swims in the dam. Um, so I think, yeah, it kept me in my shape a little bit. <laughs> now tell me, Tokyo being postponed, will that work in your favour or work against you? Uh, it works in both, uh, like both negative and positive. Uh, I think in the positive way is me only being 16. Um, it gives me, well, obviously we're still going through a lot of changes in our body, uh, growing and just get faster overall. So I think that's a positive. It gives me a better chance at doing well at the Paralympics. Um, but a negative is year 12. That's really um, frustrating in my case because I, I want to go to university and do well in my um, studies. So I think, yeah, with the Paralympics now being in 12, it's going to be a very challenging year. Um, but like I said, just soak up the challenges. Yeah, I mean, that gives you an extra year of strength and conditioning. But that's what I was saying before when you said it was you're in year 11 and it's been postponed a year. That puts you dead smack in the middle of year 12 exams or not year 12 exams, but the preparation for year 12 exams. So yeah. You, I mean, I'm sure your school will be very accommodating for that and, and maybe let you just spread it out over a couple of years. I don't know. Yeah, no, the, my school is great. Like, I'm truly grateful to be going to that school and how they treat me there. Like, they, they with my swimming, they completely understand and it's, it's great. So, tell me, looking at, you know, the next 12 months, what... Um, do you see some of the big ticket items that you want to get on top of over the next 12 months? Um, I think most recently is my flexibility. Um, I've learned that in because obviously we've had three, three or two to three months of lockdown. It's been quite tough to keep your flexibility up to date. Um, and when getting back in the pool, I found that I was quite stiff and not getting a lot of force out of the water. So I think in the next 12 months to prepare for um, Tokyo is obviously my flexibility and just in general training and gym and stuff but flexibility for me right now I think it's a uh, key thing um, and another thing is to keep my studies up um, I can't afford to fall behind um, get into a good study habit um, and all that sort of eco or not economics my bad <laughs> all that um, sort of school stuff 
that makes well, sense. Well, I mean, you, you, you sound like a very, very busy young man. You, you're training, like you talked about, five and three, three gym sessions, five training sessions a week, and then you've got school on top of that. You would be so busy all the time. Is that right? Yeah, flat out. Um, <laughs> on the weekends, I do like to do things I do just outside of the school. I like hang out with mates. But yeah, when it, Monday to Friday, that's what I've got to lock in with training and school and keep up with all that and obviously sleep schedule because obviously early mornings, um, they could, if I went to bed late one night, it could have effect for the whole week. So I've got to stay on top of a, a couple of things, which is in a way frustrating, but it's, it's, it's what I do. So You know yourself pretty well. Now, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty clear you do enjoy your swimming. So, but what do you do for fun? And I don't, I don't mean that, you know, you don't enjoy swimming, but what do you do to let your hair down? What's, do you jump on Facebook Marketplace? Do you like to game? Do you like to go and hang out with mates only? What, what do you do for fun? Um, so, yeah, there's a few of those things. So, me and my mates, quite recently, we've been playing golf. Um, we are terrible, awesome. but we love it. <laughs> um, we're, get, we're getting better at it. Um, and going to the footy, the cricket, so like at the start of the year, we would go to like the Big Bash, then the, um, the Australian Open. Um, I love video games. Um, I play on PlayStation. I'm actually currently playing Minecraft with my mates. Um, and just, just general teenage stuff, hanging out with mates, video games. Um, I love binging. Binging Netflix is good fun. <laughs> we had we had that question on. What If you do watch TV, what do you like to watch? What do you watch on Netflix right now? Um, so I'm watching Foxtel, so The Office. I'm, I know I'm late to it. The but, Office, uh, yeah. Uh, I love like TV shows because my sort of attendance span is like not that long. So that's why I enjoy TV shows. Um, and I'm more of a comedy kind of dude, not so much a romance or action or any of that. I'm quite, I'm into the comedy because... I just, I don't know, I like funny movies and shows. <laughs> Very good. We've got one last question that's coming from Emily, which who is um, another multi-class athlete. She's um, James's sister. She said, do you ever feel like you hit your head on the, on the during the turns? Yes. Um, so I train in an outdoor pool um, for an outdoor aquatic. And those early mornings when it's quite cold and you have a lot of uh, steam coming off the pool, it's quite hard to see the flag sometimes. Um, and I remember uh, it was quite, uh, it was like this time last year in the winter uh, when it was all steamy. I, could, I didn't see the flags when doing backstroke and we're doing it at quite a fast pace. I think it was like max effort or something. And yeah, I have had many head collisions, uh, not only with the wall, but other swimmers as well. I think a lot of people understand that one with swimming backstroke is sometimes you stick on one side of the lane and you slowly veer over and have a collision with other athletes. So yes, there's many head collisions, but Very I guess good. You, you learn your mistakes. Awesome, mate. We've just loved having you on the show. What's next for Cole? Like what, what are you looking forward to in the next month? Uh, the next month is pretty much, yeah, it's quite standard in a way. It's just training, getting my fitness back, obviously getting my flexibility back. And school, I think we're on our second, first week of school holidays. So I think just enjoy not having school at the moment um, because obviously semester two is going to be quite tough being in year 11, end of year exams. So I think right now I'll just enjoy um having the opportunity to not do any school holiday homework or just homework in general. So just training and I uh, sort of get to do things I enjoy. 
Brilliant stuff, mate. We've in, so enjoyed having you on the show. We love your answers. You show maturity way beyond 16, young man. <laughs> that's for sure. We're going to continue to champion your school sport, Victoria, right up until those 10 Paralympic medals that you want to get and beyond because we're sure you're going to smash that goal of 10 as well. Good luck for the future, and we hope to see you... Well, we will see your name in lights, but we'll be the first to say that's fantastic and we're real proud of you. Well done, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having me once again. It's been, uh, I've enjoyed it. Our pleasure. And I'm sure you'll have many more interviews to come with lots of other people and newspaper articles and all that sort of stuff. Editors will be in touch. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Just going to talk a little bit about next week. We've got Melina Ayres, who's the AFL, uh, sorry, uh, W League player for Melbourne Victory. Uh, We've got her on the show as well. So, we're so excited by what that will bring with uh, the you know FIFA announcing this week that the Women's World Cup will be held in Australia, New Zealand. Are you going to go to one of the games? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go go to one of the games for sure, um, especially for the Matildas. I love the Matildas. They're on song right now, and if this isn't their golden year, I don't know what year it is because <laughs> the next four years we've got some pretty special um, young ladies coming through. Hey, fantastic, mate. Great effort. And if anyone wants to be in touch with you, we're going to put uh, just your Instagram account in the, so, uh, in the notes and feel free to connect with them as well. But we really enjoyed having you on the show. No worries. See you later, guys. See you, buddy.